Hello, Postables. You're listening to Deliver Me a Podcast, hosted by Casey, Jess, and me, Cammy. Special thanks to James Jandrish for letting us use his amazing music. Now, sit back, relax, grab a Yoohoo and a stamp collection, and here we go. Hello, Postables. Welcome to Deliver Me a Podcast. We are happy to welcome you here for our recap of Sign Seal Delivered, The Road Less Traveled, especially by Norman. Because <laughs> <laughs> he did not travel that road very much. He was struggling. Right. Struggle bus. <laughs> he, was, he was struggling. Okay, so let's, uh, let's get started with the plot summary. The Postables take a road trip in an old Winnebago in order to track down a small boy who they fear may have been kidnapped. The discovery of a 1980s era instant camera and the unusual photographs it contains send our team on a wild ride across Colorado using the pictures as a guide. (laughs) So uh, I do have to say this was this was a departure from the usual you know but intended departure (laughs) (laughs) but um (laughs) this one you know they're they're practically chasing her you know they Mm -hmm. everything that happens you see the scene that rachel is in and then they show the scene with the postables in the exact same setting so that i thought that was a very cleverly done uh vantage point was to Mm -hmm. show that they are they are on her tail and uh and to and to put them in to put them in the star cruiser it it just you know it changed up the pace a little bit so what what did you guys think of of the uh the mobile unit well before that i was actually also going to say it's also different because they're really not chasing the letter story so much as a picture story because it's all about the photographs it's very it's not really about the yeah. words that are written and so that's kind of something else that really kind of makes this movie unique and sets it apart from the other ones is that it's all about those pictures and and not about the words yeah technically it was in the mail but it's all about pictures <laughs> you're right all about images yeah starting with 80s hair <laughs> That was some big hair. <laughs> uh, yes, it was. Yeah, it was it was very interesting. There were a lot of once again, but um bum moving parts to this movie. Oh, Literally oh my goodness, she said it. And figuratively. Oh my goodness. So about the big hair. I was born in 83. My, old, uh, my oldest brother. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was born in 83. My brother's, my oldest brother was 13 when I was born. So it, so he was a teenager in the 80s. But, you know, I go back and I think, oh, I know about the 80s. I was, I was born in the 80s. I know, I know about them. And then I go back and I see things set in the 80s and I just go, oh my word. You know, I really didn't know that much, did I? <laughs> so, I mean, I, I look at the clothes. I look at the, I look at the hair and I just, 
see the things that were the norm and I'm just like oh my gosh was that really like that it, it's so <laughs> it's so odd it's so odd for me and that was uh you know I'm I'm very used to the I'm very used to the clicking and winding cameras but I didn't even mm -hmm. think about cardboard versus plastic casing did you guys ever use uh use those instant cameras oh yeah oh yeah all the time and I remember yeah. the cardboard ones that was not just an 80s thing that was an early 90s thing too I was not born in the yeah. 80s y'all I was born in 1990 thank you very much <laughs> barely five, out of the 80s barely out of the 80s <laughs> barely <laughs> five months out of the 80s I'm a proud 90s kid did you guys, uh, did you guys ever use them at weddings? Cause I remember yes. at least, I, I remember at least three weddings where I used them. Oh yeah. We used them at what they, they were at weddings all the time. I remember my mom was like, Casey, stop playing with the camera. And I'm like, but mom, it's so fun. Look at me. And I'm like, it you know, was. winding the thing and then like <laughs> clicking it Oh, like disposable cameras. That was the rage for me all the way up till yes. like 2000, like, four honestly like I yeah. used them all the way yeah. up I would take them to school on the last I did day of too. school take pictures of all my friends I never took them to school college <laughs> <laughs> I remember taking them on vacation I, I used them <laughs> yeah that's another one. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, and they were cheaper than getting your own camera. Mm -hmm. Camp. Mom, <laughs> yes, camp. I remember I got, I had two for camp and I was like, okay, I have 48 pictures and there's five <laughs> days must use my pictures. Only 48. <laughs> and I have to tell you all a funny story with pictures too. So, Okay, so I started babysitting when I was about 15, 16, well, 14, 15, 16, right? And this is like phasing out the um, the disposable cameras and the, the they were, everything was going digital, right? And yeah. so whenever I would babysit these cert the certain family and their three kids, I would always take my camera because it was just something fun, something different we could do. Yeah. And the son, who must have been like seven or eight at the time, and I was maybe like 16, 17 by this point, and he was like, Miss Casey, what they do back then when you couldn't see your photo on the camera and I was like what do you mean he's like yeah like back then when you were young you know they didn't have that so like how did you know what you're taking a picture of I was like you just looked through the hole and you just snapped and hoped it turned out okay he's you like, hope it turned out okay you didn't get a preview <laughs> no <laughs> and yeah they'll get them developed and wait for them oh. his mind was like blown Oh my gosh. I do, I do have to say that was one point where, cause usually if Oliver says something profound, I'm usually like, yes, that's my man, Oliver. But I do have to say that I like the idea of being able to look at the picture I took and delete it if I need to, because if you're like this, then it's not only imperfect, you don't catch the photo. Mm -hmm. So that is one thing that I do not miss about those kinds of cameras is you know that, and especially if a kid gets hold of it, then it's <laughs> gone. You know, I mean, there were so many times when a, when a kid would get a hold of a mm -hmm. camera and the whole camera would be gone with pictures of the carpet and the wall. Like in this story, you get a right. picture of a melon stand. <laughs> or their like face. 
because our generation or half their face yeah. you know? <laughs> just their nose or their eye <laughs> and i will say our generation we're the original selfie people because do you guys yeah, remember doing it we with tried. the disposable camera doing this thing holding it, it out yeah, taking tried, a picture tried. oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah <laughs> Yeah. And so it was, yeah, that is one thing I do not miss about those is you get a chance to see what kind of picture you took. Mm -hmm. You can take a better one if you need it. And the, uh, and you also don't have to worry about a child taking a whole bunch of pictures because you can delete them. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So let's talk about characters because the big thing that is connecting all of our characters in this movie is secrets all of them are either keeping secrets or dealing with the secrets that are being kept mm-hmm. and so uh let's talk about rachel first oh poor rachel <laughs> she's uh she's got a lot to deal with being being a scorned mayor's wife so (laughs) yes and it's still very fresh for her because it's been six months since he was incarcerated yeah and i i will say i will come right out and say that i anticipated more danger Mm -hmm. with the with the whole mood of you know and they are afraid that he's kidnapped and uh, and Minnie takes them in and they get a place to stay at the lodge and she's so relieved. And I just, you know, even with the, even with the money gone, the fact that people are taking her in and she seems to constantly be on the run, I anticipated there being more danger to the mm-hmm. story. Uh, but I will say that the fact that she had the actress had a very good internal battle. Casey, I think mm-hmm. you were talking about that. Why don't you give us your take on it? Yeah, yeah. Because like um, the internal battle of Rachel is really, for me, I was like, okay, as a mom, if I were a scorned mayor's wife, what would I be thinking? How would I embody Rachel, you know? Uh-huh. So it was like this internal battle for her of protecting her son and then getting away from the gossip and then trying to figure out what to do next. And it's like, also you have to, she hasn't told Danny uh, the truth about her, his father. Danny thinks that he's taken a new job somewhere. So like now you've lied to your kid. Right. <laughs> so you have to deal with all of these emotions and like, what do you do? And I know for some people, avoidance is a big thing like I I admittedly am a big avoider of like hard things like it's very I'm it's very hard for me to um confront hard things hard difficult things like I like my life happy and peppy it's not always like that but when it's like a deep and internal and deep-seated thing I I really just try to push it to the side and I feel like Rachel was probably trying to do the same thing but she can't, not for the sake of her kid. And, you know, when you bury something so deeply like that, it eats at you. And then we'll get to that a little bit later with her conversation with Shane. But I, I think, um, you know, the running away, that's just all the external things that we're seeing. But I think the letter story is really trying to portray a deeper internal thing. It's really trying to get you to empathize with the character. 
Well, and it's really interesting that you would say that because one of the things that I made sure I wrote down is Norman's grandmother told him face the scary. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that is, that is something that everybody learns, isn't it? <laughs> everybody, <laughs> everybody learns that in this movie. And I, I have to say that the people that helped Rachel along the way, I thought that they made up a great supporting cast. Um, Minnie, for instance, Mm -hmm. Uh, she, she was fantastic. And she was the very, just, just like Oliver said, she was the very embodiment of a good Samaritan. She Mm -hmm. really lived what she taught Mm -hmm. and what she portrayed herself as. Uh, I, one of my favorite things is when she gives Rachel an entire pie and she says it's for tonight. It won't solve any of your troubles, but just for a moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'll and then she says something very profound. Sometimes a moment is all that we need to know where we need to go to next. Mm-hmm. And that's you know that that was one thing I really appreciated about Rachel because you know, I was a little confused when she hadn't told Danny about his dad, but then she was driving to Cannon City where the jail was uh awkward (laughs) (laughs) but then she kept driving Mm -hmm. and that and so that was portrayed really well because she what had every intention of going but then she lost her nerve and sometimes a moment is all that we need to Mm -hmm. know where we need to go to next and Mm -hmm. if anybody needed to know where to go next it was rachel Um, yeah i think she just had way too many things going on in her mind that she just like you said Minnie gave her that 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 moment of clarity yeah because I mean when you're under a lot of stress and when you're under a lot of pressure like you can't think straight you're just going off of the emotions and then you freak out and then sometimes and then also with the kid I mean for goodness sakes Danny's all over there like ma 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 I want my daddy. I want Bernie. Yeah. And when you're hearing that in the background and you just, you're just like, oh my word. I just need a moment's peace for a second (laughs) of what to do. You know, it's just like one of those things where I I don't blame Rachel for, for like running and avoiding everything. Cause, um, you mentioned the Cannon City thing. Cause that's also a good point. Like, why are you going to go here and just spring on your sign your dad's in jail you know um and here we are (laughs) surprise (laughs) not the dinosaurs it's dad in jail (laughs) not the dinosaurs (laughs) he's just got a new work uniform it's just orange i mean you know it's fine it's all good (laughs) but i'm gonna play but for Rachel, if she's avoiding and she's waiting to the 11th hour, of course, she's going to make the rash decision of moving to Canaan City. And then she's going to say, this is where daddy has his new job. And then she's going to say, well, actually, she's just she's delaying the inevitable is really yeah. what she's doing. Yeah. Um, and also, it's hard to know, too, how to exactly explain to your seven year old what's going on yeah the concept of that so like, it's a very grown-up thing yeah it's very complicated for poor <laughs> Rachel yeah yeah 
so uh jess let's let's hear your take on the on minnie I love Minnie. I thought she was fun. Um, albeit she wasn't a great liar. <laughs> no, she was a terrible liar. They were all terrible liars. Um, but yeah, I mean, like you said, she she was the epitome of the Good Samaritan. And you know, if if I had been her and hearing Rachel talk about, well, oh, I, I lost my wallet, la da 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 da, you know, coming especially coming from the background that I do of like my previous job, I would have like not believed her. For one second, I would have been like, "You're well." And as a business owner, you know that's that's your livelihood right there. The cafe is her livelihood. So yeah, and like this girl's acting all suspicious, and I I would not have believed her. I would have thought something was up. And but Minnie just kind of takes her word for it and puts her faith in Rachel. Um, and you know, and you know, she sees little Danny in the background, and I think she kind of maybe puts a little bit of the. The pieces together just because her son is with her maybe i don't know but yeah but yeah minnie's great yeah. and she makes great pie how can you not love her that apple pan pie i mean if it kept norman coming back it had to be pretty good <laughs> it's really delicious but i think that's also part of minnie's character because she has the love thy neighbor as thyself the plaque yeah and so it makes sense as to why she would take somebody in it's because she is living that out yeah the scene, the scene that really spoke to me as a mom, because Casey, you talked to, you talked about what you would do as a mom. The scene that really spoke to me as a mom was when they were inside the motel room. Mm-hmm. And because that was when Rachel was able to take a breath. Mm-hmm. And she, like you said, had a moment's peace. And that was when the emotion could come out And it reminded me a lot of what I've tried to do to get my kids through the virus Uh, because being cooped up and in lockdown, my children did not understand why they couldn't go and see their friends. Mm -hmm. My girls had a really hard time with being told that, no, we're going to keep you home for school. You can't go to school with your other friends. And, uh, And something that Rachel said I don't know how to fix it. Mm-hmm. And she just broke down. And I, and I've told my kids, I said, I am trying the hardest that I can to get you through the coronavirus because I don't know how we have never been through anything like this the whole time I've been alive. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how to handle it. I am learning with you. And so for her to just, and the other thing is she said, I know you miss daddy. You know, she didn't try to brush it away. She's still not telling the honest truth, but she's acknowledging and, mm-hmm. you know, and it got, and it got Danny to say, I'm sorry, I won't talk about daddy anymore. No, no, it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. So just for her to have a place that is safe Mm-hmm. And a place where she can connect her, connect her thoughts and connect her feelings and connect with her son. That, that was the scene that as a mom spoke to me the most. Mm-hmm. All right, let's, uh, let's get to the postables. Let's, uh, let's talk about them. Let's first talk about dear sweet Norman. <laughs> oh, Norman. Norman. 
All right, Jess, give it to us. What are the secrets that Norman is keeping? Uh, he does not know how to drive. He has his learner's permit, <laughs> but he, he's never <laughs> he's never gone beyond. He renews it. He still renews it every year. That's the fun part. Which renews it, but he which makes drive. which makes the line. Can I drive you to the airport? In from the heart, even funnier. You know, <laughs> he said he says, "Can I drive you to the airport?" And Rita says, "Oh, Norman, you don't have a car." You know, and so, <laughs> <laughs> now we find out. Yeah, not only does he not have a car, he can't drive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and his first experience is going to be a giant star. Oh cruiser. my gosh! Oh my gosh! I thought Oliver, are you insane? You're going to teach a guy to drive with this bus of a thing that is 10 feet long or longer than that even you know just like it's 10 feet wide come on he was probably thinking all we're doing is going straight so it should be fine and it was fine minus a sign and a mattress that nobody could have expected of course of course but if I had been taught to drive at any age, if I had been taught to drive in something like that, I would have panicked. I would have panicked. There is no way I would have been able to drive something like that without prior knowledge of driving. I still don't know that I would be able to handle something like that. So you know, just, yeah, it's, it's scary. It is scary. <laughs> but so this is a deleted scene. We actually find out why Norman is, driving averse yeah go ahead Casey so he as a child when he was when he was younger he rode a unicycle and tried to ride it up a slide (laughs) and it flipped on him and it hit him on the head and since then as a child he he didn't have trouble with anything else except for wheeled objects so that explains why Norman Probably gets the irks when he's behind the wheel. Yeah. <laughs> probably freaks out a little bit, a little bit of like, you know. <laughs> and Casey, what's the other secret that Norman is keeping from Rita? He is, he's, he's terrified of fathering a child. This was the sweetest and saddest thing, you know, because mm-hmm. I remember I remember because I was born with a with a birth defect that affects the left side of my body physically, my hand and my leg, they don't they don't work right. And I remember going to my mom and saying, "Mom, do you think that when I have children that they're going to be affected by this? Are my are my kids going to have um are they going to have left hemiplegia and are they or their body's not going to be able to work right because it took me a very long time and lots of physical therapy and being hooked up to electric electric therapy to stimulate the muscles to get where I am now. And it was a very big concern for me. And that doesn't even go as deep as what Norman's worried about. So mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it was a very valid, very valid worry, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but but uh, Rita's response is perfect. You know, they only see the different. Oh, they don't just, just see take, the take amazing. It. And that's like 
ahead. That's her. Mo- like I don't know. I love. That's maybe my favorite scene from this movie is the conversation that they have because Rita sees Norman, yeah. mm-hmm. and she sees you know he he's quirky, sure, but but that's what makes him Norman and that's why she loves him so much is because of those quirks not in spite of them mm-hmm. um and so yeah. I just think that's such a beautiful message because how many kids go through life you know with something different about them and mm-hmm. they think that that's something bad you know I grew up being yeah. well I still am very introverted um but when I was a kid that wasn't like people didn't know like introvert extrovert like they didn't talk about that I literally thought something was wrong with me because I didn't know how to like interact with other kids in the same way um and so it's just a beautiful message that you know being different is what makes you amazing and it's Mm -hmm. not something that you should be afraid of and as Rita says like they're gonna have children one way or another adoption biological and they will be like norman because he's going to be a great father and Mm -hmm. so beautiful i know i love that conversation and i also love that norman was just like and i think we should adopt and rita it was almost like a relief on rita i feel like (laughs) rita was anticipating like norman's gonna say he doesn't want children with me ever and when he says adopt she was like is that all this was? Yeah, <laughs> like, well, duh. Of course oh, we're going to adopt. <laughs> we have a rainbow of babies, however they yeah. come. A whole, that, that was the thing, a whole rainbow of babies, and I don't care how they come to us. Biological, adoption, wh- what have you. And, and then, of course, I, I love this, because, and this is going to kind of help us transfer over to, to Shane and Oliver, because when Shane says... There's something going on between those two, but they're still holding hands. And and then Shane and Oliver hold hands as they're starting to talk. Mm-hmm. And Shane says, can we still hold hands while I'm working through it? Which I thought was a beautiful, a small but beautiful example of unconditional love Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because even I will be the first to admit that if I'm upset at my husband I don't want it to be anywhere near him Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm just like I am mad at you go away (laughs) And, and even you know even my children if if they you know if they are if they say something rude to me or they or they're downright mean or they lash out and hit me i'm just like okay i need to be away from you for a minute you know i mm-hmm. don't immediately want to cuddle them you know mm-hmm. right <laughs> i'm just like leaving now before i get angry you know? yeah <laughs> and uh so that was something that i really thought was adorable mm-hmm. was the fact that something is going on and thank heavens Norman doesn't try to hide that something is going on. He says, I need to talk to you. I just don't know how. And I know that I love you. You know, so something is going on, but they're mm-hmm. still holding hands. And then mm-hmm. Shane and Oliver, something is going on between mm-hmm. them, but they're still holding hands. Still holding hands. <laughs> and like there's, is a, you know, is what I really like about, you know, Shane and Oliver here is that Oliver just completely puts his trust in Shane. You know, mm-hmm. he doesn't, he, he asked the question, who is Alex Brighton? He, you know, he's direct, 
which is kind of surprising for Oliver that he's very direct here. Um, but he's just like, okay, like I will let you tell me on your own terms. You know, he's got to be curious. He saw the text. He's, he's dying. Like, oh no, this is another. This is another Steve. You know, right. like someone right. from her past. <laughs> but he just he trusts her and he does not pressure her to he's not like come on you can tell me i thought we were close i thought you know whatever you know so right. it wasn't another breakdown of a relationship like how dare you keep this from me right <laughs> so yeah that was something that was really nice for them all right so let's go into shane Shane is keeping, yeah, Shane is keeping a secret of her sister. And this is a sister that we have never heard of before. Yeah, this and came out of left field, everybody. <laughs> yes, it came out of left field. That is totally true. <laughs> so um, who did you guys think was Alex Brighton when the movie started? Who did you think it was? I think I thought it was an ex. Like, I think I thought it was another Steve. Okay. But like more than Steve though, because she's obviously so hurt by it. So I, I think uh, I thought it was like somebody who would really, really hurt her. I see. Okay. What about you, Casey? Who did you think it was? I think I thought it was maybe a brother. Maybe. Oh, okay. I, I don't know. I don't remember. I feel, I don't know that I thought it was an ex because of we, cause we already went there. Uh-huh. So I, I honestly, I really, I really don't remember my initial thoughts, but I, I, I definitely didn't think it was a sister. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was Rachel. I thought that the letter story was going to tie into Shane's life somehow. And the and whatever and whatever she did to mess up you know it said on the text that i messed up i thought that rachel was running because of something that she had messed up with or something like that or it was a situation that she'd gotten herself into mm -hmm. and and i thought alex brighton was rachel i oh. would have never thought that but Kami, that's an amazing story idea <laughs> <laughs> that would have never crossed my mind but that would have been so good because then it would have been like really personal if like Rachel turned yeah. out to be her sister or something or somebody was... close to her yeah yeah oh my goodness Cammy, fan fiction oh let's let's get uh, it written uh, <laughs> right just as soon as I get all that spare time I've been saving up <laughs> So, uh, do you guys, do you guys think that, uh, I, I just love what, uh, I love what Oliver said when she was finally ready to, to tell him who Alex was. And, uh, by the way, side note, I loved her outfit right here. The white <gasps> blouse and the bronzed pants. They I were just did too. Yeah. It made Christmas eyes really blue. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And. Uh, and it was an interesting contrast to uh, Oliver's maroon pants. <laughs> I had to giggle at Oliver's maroon pants because like, I don't think we've ever seen him in maroon pants. It feels before. very trendy for Oliver. I feel like maroon it, pants are like a thing now that yeah, yeah. that are a little trendier than Oliver might choose. But yeah, Shane's rubbing off on him. Shaking up. <laughs> did you guys notice? Did you notice how he started out the movie? very very formal he was in 
a navy blue tie and his navy suspenders and by the way they were both wearing navy in the beginning they matched which mm -hmm. i thought was adorable so he's in his formal suit and then by the end of the movie he's got his collar button on undone he's not wearing a tie he's just wearing a coat a shirt and pants it was it, it's a very casual look for oliver so mm -hmm. he he went through i think being on the road had something to do with it probably but yeah. just the fact that he went through this transition where he mm -hmm. starts out regular formal oliver and he slides into a more casual Oliver. I thought that was interesting. Anyway, side note. <laughs> so um, when he, when Shane said, I thought the sun rose and set with her. And he says, there's only one person I know of who's in charge of that. Mm -hmm. Everyone else you have to forgive for being human. And Profound you know, Oliver. Yeah. Oh my gosh so simple and so profound because we're all on this journey of life together and because we're human we're gonna mess up right and holding grudges and not speaking and refusing to see somebody's side is only going to make us sadder and it's going to make us more miserable in this journey of life Mm -hmm. and but when we forgive others for being human the way we would like to be forgiven for being human it just makes that journey all the more bearable because we can do it together yeah <laughs> yeah and in this instance with Alex and Shane and the secrecy of the sister I mean it would be really first of all it would be really awkward for her to just be like by the way this is my sister, but I'm not going to talk to you about her. Like, you know, so I can yeah. kind of understand her avoidance of talking about it right then and there. Cause she probably uh -huh. had a minute to like, think of like what she was going to say. And then it was obvious at the end when we find out who Alex is, just the burden that Shane had to carry. And I'm sure that was a lot for her being, um, we assume she's the younger sister. Shane is the younger sister and yes. Alex is the older sister. Yeah. They, they talk, they talked about it. I can't remember the line, but Shane is the younger sister. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot for a younger sibling to, to have the, like the weight of, um, yeah. because there's always, there's a, there's a hierarchy. It's always the older one. Everybody looks up to the older one. The older one's yep. supposed to be the poster child. The older one's supposed to be doing all the right things and whatever. I'm the oldest child. So I feel like I could say that. Um, <laughs> so when your older sibling disappoints you, um, it's, it's hard to shoulder that because you, you just feel the burden of that. And you feel the burden of that on your parents too. Cause now you feel like you have to be the one to take you're care the of one. Yes. The, you're the, the one parents. that has to live with the effects and you're the one that has to like handle all of this stuff. And like, how could you, you're supposed to, and like the younger one's probably thinking you are the responsible one. You're supposed to be the one that was the good one. And yeah. I can see why she would get so hurt over it and why she wouldn't talk to her, her, um, her sister yeah. for, or talk about her. Um, I've known people who um, they've talked to other folks and they're like, wait, you have a sibling? How did I not know that? <laughs> and it's the same reason. It's like, I don't talk about my sibling because it just 
it kind of hurts a lot and yeah it's never been brought up so why should I bring it up you why know bring up something traumatic <laughs> why bring yeah. up something that I don't have to if I don't need to mm-hmm. okay let's talk about the two endings, the ending of the letter story slash picture story, right, Jess? Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's talk about the end of the letter story and the end of the story for the postables. Um, we, cause it's one big, this is going to make it sound trite and that's not what I'm trying <laughs> to do, but it's one big healing fest. You know, everybody's, everybody's healing from something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and well, so Rachel and Shane make that deal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Rachel and Shane make the deal. And I'm glad that Shane did that, even though it doesn't really seem to connect. They've both been hurt by these people who are very close to them. So even though one is a spouse and one is a sibling, Mm -hmm. the fact that they made that deal, it kind of holds them both accountable. Yeah. Yeah. And I know some people are like, well, Shane could have just not done it. Oh, she would never. But but that's what I'm saying is like, Shane is, first of all, she is now Oliver's significant other and Oliver is a stand-up guy so he is going to not pressure her but he's, he's gonna, gonna make sure he's, he's, he's gonna, gonna, hold, her to he's gonna word. hold her to her word so yeah that's that kind of like Oliver help. was held to his word when he didn't tell what uh what Norman's secret was and she's like well I would be disappointed in you if you did <laughs> exactly. Let, let's let's come back to that in just a second go ahead go ahead uh um, but Casey. Shane is now like in her, the healthiest version of herself. So she is going to do the right thing because if mm-hmm. she's not going to do the right thing, it's still going to eat at her and it's going to eat mm-hmm. at her 10 times worse because she made a promise to some stranger that she doesn't go through with, you know, that's why she, that's why she went with it. That's mm-hmm. cause I know that's been talked like, oh, well, if it's that, if it hurts that bad, you know, you can just say it and then leave. That's lying. Folks. Yeah. That's, that's lying. lying. <laughs> Yeah, that is that is being dishonest in a very in a very deep way. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, yeah. maybe it wouldn't have hurt Rachel if she had never done it. But I mean, Rachel wouldn't have ever known. You know, no. Mm-hmm. But still, it's just it's principle. something. Mm-hmm. It, yeah, it's, it's the principle. principle, and it would have. I think it would have hurt Shane even deeper mm-hmm. if she mm-hmm. hadn't done it after yeah. giving her yeah. word. So we have. So we have the family uniting in the, in the jail. And because I am the hooked hardy, I have to put this in. Jason Cermak plays the doctor plays the plays dot the doctor in when calls the heart. And then, and his character name was Jack. So I thought that was fun. <laughs> kind of put two things together from a different show that he's in. So yeah, that was fun. And, uh, and we see that Jack was a wonderful father and he was a good husband. He just got caught up in something that was too good to be true and he wasn't and he wasn't smart about it and he's now paying the consequence for it. And the the look on his face when the two of them walk in because visiting hours were almost over. Mm-hmm. If you if you look at the sign and you look at the clock, visiting hours were almost over, and he was getting scared that that another day was going to pass that he wasn't going to have a visitor, 
and then he sees them come in and just the oh i can't even say it just the look on his face and the way this probably wouldn't be allowed in a real prison but it made for good tv (laughs) running to running to his son and big hug and I found you, Daddy, and you sure did. That buddy. was so sweet. Oh, it I was found you, Very Daddy. sweet. It was very sweet. Especially because of the little game where he would hide. hide yeah. Him. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just the very, the very healing words that Rachel said maybe I'm not ready to forgive you, but I love you. Mm-hmm. And she's there which is one of the best things that you can do is show up. And speaking of showing up, we go to the DLO and, oh boy. (laughs) Uh, Mop. (laughs) (laughs) So Shane makes the call to Alex, which, you know, I mean, you can hear the tremor in her voice. It's already hard just the dialing and i've had i've had that kind of situation before where i had to have a really important conversation with somebody and it had to be over the phone because of physical distance or something like that and just my hand would be shaking while i dialed so i can i can totally empathize with her right there and how she's trying to make conversation she's trying to say things that are relevant but not digging and then oliver is right there because he says that to her before says shane i'm not i'm right here that's what he says he says shane i'm right here and he sticks to that he's right there he kisses her hand and he says casey tell her you have a boyfriend cute he said the b word it's official it's even facebook it's got to be facebook official now <laughs> they have moved from being a thing to be boyfriend and girlfriend. boyfriend and girlfriend i am not gonna lie so this movie with shane and oliver their awkward flirting is very endearing <laughs> and very adorable because it's like young fresh love that they are yeah. free to explore oh. and to show and make everybody else feel uncomfortable around them it's very norman <laughs> like norman um, i.e norman <laughs> but when oliver o'toole says the word boyfriend which is very trendy for Oliver as one who is a quote-unquote using Shane's words a human antique I was expecting him to say like a bow or a uh, something else not boyfriend (laughs) so when he said that I was like giggling like a child like I love that line and though. Then, and then Shane follows it up with, he's everything I never knew I wanted, mm-hmm. which I think is very profound in its own sense. And Casey's dying. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who knew? I mean, <laughs> from a one-sided conversation, Casey's melting over here. <laughs> I know. 
but it's so true because you go back to the pilot movie you would never put them together ever Mm -hmm. ever in a million years and now she has grown to love him he has grown to love her they have fallen in love and they are They've tested the waters as a couple. They are now ready to become an official thing. And she never knew she wanted him until she had him. He's everything I never knew I wanted because he's brought this whole perspective to her life, Mm -hmm. which is just beautiful. It's just such a beautiful thing. So, (laughs) heart, love. All right. So very quickly, let's just talk about the test thing because <laughs> I I said I would go back to it, so I might as well, but I for one, I hate tests. Mm-hmm. I I hate when I catch myself putting people through them and I hate being put through them. Yeah, so what about you guys? What's your take on tests? I <laughs> love tests. <laughs> are we talking about written tests or are we Yeah, I'm really about- good at them. <laughs> I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being put through somebody's test in their head. But how would I know if they don't tell me? Mm. (laughs) Because you say like, Oliver, was that a test, Miss McInerney? (laughs) Uh, But, you know, I I do think that that Shane's response, again, she's very profound in this movie. It's like she says, you know, you end up taking someone else's test that you never knew you were taking and how true is that for many I'm sure many couples and relationships I've seen it in other people you know Mm -hmm. where someone is like well they keep doing this this and this blah blah I'm like but if you don't tell them like that this is bothering you how are they ever supposed to know exactly Mm -hmm. and they can't fix it they can't read your mind so I thought that was really really profound of Shane too yeah Mm -hmm. yeah what about you Casey yeah I'm kind of with Jess on that like I don't know I'm oblivious whenever I'm taking somebody else's test (laughs) I don't know I mean written tests give me anxiety but you know (laughs) whatever this this is something that my mom is very guilty of putting people through tests and she won't say anything and so she'll just kind of say she'll just kind of be passive aggressive when something's bothering her but if people don't fulfill what she wants it upsets her and and i've often said mom did you say something well no they should have known like oh dear okay (laughs) (laughs) communication people is important yes the moral of this story (laughs) yes that is the moral of the story communication so then let's go to the very very happy ending after all the healing has taken place number 43 choose your best man number 44 choose your maid of honor (laughs) this is another you know with all of that talk about norman being afraid you see him stand up on his own two feet on solid ground he's a man Mm-hmm. you know he he has become a man so many times and here's another point there is no going back mm-hmm. and he says you're the first friend I had who believed in me which means so much to somebody like Norman 
and you're the best man I know, and I want you to be my best man. It's just, ah! oh, I love his speech. So sweet. Oh, mm-hmm. I know. It's adorable. And then Rita <laughs> to Shane. What? I mean, there's nothing we could really say about that. Just- What's interesting oh. is Rita. So Shane has had all these sister issues, right? Yes. And then Rita confirms to Shane that Shane has had a sister after all. A, mm-hmm. a sister in Rita. Yes. Uh-huh. And Rita, I love when Rita said even if even if I had a sister I'd still ask you you know and then she's going on about like um and that's nothing against whole, my real sister yes. that I don't have <laughs> <laughs> yeah oh my God. I could I could relate to that because when I asked my maid of honor I don't have a sister so when I asked my maid of honor who had been my right. like my best friend since the seventh grade we share the same birthday and everything which is really weird oh. but um yeah I was like yeah. you're like my sister I don't have a sister but I would still pick you <laughs> she can't imagine getting married without Shane being there and of course Norman of course Norman that was my favorite course, Norman. I, I can't imagine getting married being married or raising children without you and Norman, and Norman. <laughs> oh, I think that must God. have been a really really touching um conversation for Crystal and Kristen mm-hmm. yeah. in that moment. Just having done so many movies together over the course of how many yes. years at this point, and they are they are very close. That was probably a really subdued and reverent day on set. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that concludes our discussion. Now comes the trivia. <laughs> Yay! Yay! All right, number one. What time was it on Shane's phone when she gets the first text from Alex? 1046. Nope. Well, I'll guess 115. <laughs> 916. Oh, okay. He's closer. <laughs> All right, but you had the 15 part that was closer. All right, what year did Amber Alerts start? It said it. 1997. Okay. 96. 96. 1996 is when Amber Alerts After the 80s. After the 80s. While I was still a child myself. Oh my goodness. Okay. I was still a child. I was just older. (laughs) I was an older child. (laughs) (laughs) All right. What did Oliver call the star cruiser? What was his name for the star cruiser? Shall we take your recreational vehicle, Norman? Mobile unit. Yes, but (laughs) what'd you say, Jess? I said mobile unit. The mobile command unit yes ah. and then he also refers to it as the mobile unit good job good job Yay. okay Got one. <laughs> what was the name of the hotel where the uh oh oh where oh. the uh oh the party was held hotel mesa pueblo 
Yeah! I wrote it down. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Last one. And it's a two-parter. When uh, Rachel bought the gummies for Danny, um, she was buying other groceries. And there was one price that it was with the gummies and then take out the gummies and it was a different price and then the man just gave her the gummies which was adorable so what was the price before she uh before she took out the gummies and what was the price after she took out the gummies 15 13 you're say, actually very close with I the <laughs> it was fifteen dollars. Okay. It was Do you fifteen dollars a... of something, right? Okay, and then what what would be your guess for the other one? Um ten something. Very good. I will take it. Fifteen seventy-five and oh, then it goes to ten twenty-five. Good job. Those are some expensive gummies. <laughs> I, know. I was thinking like a two dollar difference, <laughs> like five bucks. Yeah, I know. I well, remember there were. Two, I think there were two uh, bags. Mm, I think there were two bags. Yeah, I was like, bags. holy moly, kind of gummies that you're buying? Yeah. all organic, <laughs> one pound <laughs> bag. Oh man! Locally all right, organically grown. <laughs> Locally sourced gummies. Maybe they maybe they grew them on the farm. The, the Kelser farm, you know. Okay. You know. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> Postables, thank you. <laughs> Wrong movie. <laughs> thank you so much for joining us. <laughs> and for <laughs> and for putting up with our giggles <laughs> and our antics. <laughs> we love all of you and hope that you have a fabulous day. Bye. Bye. See you at To The Altar. Thank you so much for joining us on today's episode. For more juicy details and to hear what's coming up, don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Deliver Me A Pod and on Instagram at Deliver Me A Podcast. And please check out our merch store for tons of Postables-inspired merchandise to enhance your fandom. See you next week. <laughs>